0: You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's a.k.a. Murph. And that's AP, Andrea Parrott, Parrot Talk. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all across the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. So Andrea, here we are in week three of December 2021. Oh my gosh, I know. It's crazy. Uh, Happy
1: holidays. Yeah,
0: I know. And uh, like, Hanukkah is over already, and Christmas Mm -hmm. is just around the corner. Have you even thought about Christmas yet? Well, I wouldn't have, except this is the time of year
1: that your favorite Christmas movie and mine, well, maybe not our favorite, (laughs) but uh, one of the most best ones, in my opinion, The Christmas Ornament, just re-aired on the hallmark channel and that movie has been around for i don't know five or six years but if you don't know
0: listener, wait i don't know the christmas ornament
1: the christmas ornament is the christmas movie that mentions a ragbri in it what where they go into this bike shop like the whole premise of the movie is that this lady is her husband died and so she has to take over his bike shop and she has to learn everything and all she wants for christmas is just things to work out anyway so she comes into the store and she asks the mechanic like, what would you do if this store closes? And he says, well, I go ride Rag No way. So, yeah, I know. So it's <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually haven't seen the rest of the movie. I've only ever seen that, that, like that clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so the other day I got a message from this gentleman named Darren and he owns a bike shop called Dream Cycle mm. in Vancouver. And long story short, that is where they filmed this the bike shop scenes of the Christmas ornament.
0: Oh, so they went to um, an actual bike shop to film they, it? it
1: was, oh. Yes, and I had always thought it was a, a set of some kind. Yeah. So it was really cool to hear from this guy. Um, but anyway, he said they got the idea to use Ragbri in it because the director of the movie asked the mechanic that was just there for the movie. I don't know if he's in the movie or not, but they asked him, What's your dream bike event? And he
0: said Ragbri. So they wrote wow. it into the script. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. It's pretty neat. And even without seeing the rest of the movie, I can already tell you, because it's a Hallmark movie, that it all ended up beautiful.
1: I think that bike shop is just (laughs) (laughs) a-okay. So I did, I shared the clip on our Instagram and our Twitter, and I probably will also share it on Facebook. So if anyone hasn't seen the clip yet, you better go watch it.
0: And I so. I'm not a I'm sorry, spoiler alert. I am not a big fan of Hallmark movies, but I may have to watch this one.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I can admit to never watching any Hallmark movies, but <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, uh, so just side note, what is your favorite Christmas movie?
0: Uh probably Could you pick one? Uh, probably Elf, but mm. but, oh, but Home Alone is also like I like the comedy and the fun in both of those movies. How yeah, about how about mega you? classics?
1: My favorite is the Christmas story.
0: Oh. True um, classic. And for those people that are maybe a little bit older like I am, I would say when you say a classic Christmas movie, I haven't seen it in years, so I can't really call it my favorite. But there's a Muppet movie oh. called Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Have you ever oh, seen that? Yes. Oh, So I think that growing up, we had the VHS of it. And then we, as we got older, I think my brother and I exchanged gifts one year. And we had each gotten the other, the DVD of Emmett Otter's <laughs> Jug Band Christmas. And the movie's so funny because, you know, you can see like the wires of the Muppets. Like, you know, and they they don't walk like normal Muppets. They kind of shuffle. And so, I mean, it's... It was just so interesting because now when I watch that movie, I'm like, what? You can, I can almost see the puppeteer's hands in the scene, but it's still just an excellent movie.
1: Well, you know, the days before green screens, yes. there's something to that is all real. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, okay, so we are this close to Christmas. Um, have you or do you ever purchase Merry Christmas to me gifts? I mean, let's be honest. Well,
1: I'll tell you, if we're being honest, I purchase Merry Christmas to me gifts throughout the year. <laughs> so, uh, and I haven't purchased anything this month yet. I think my ideal Christmas to me gift would be an e-bike. That's what I want more than anything. Santa, hope you're taking notes.
0: Do you think Santa so. listens to this podcast?
1: I, don't know. I hope so. I
0: hope so too. <laughs> I, think, I mean, there's
1: a lot of kids who want a new bike, you know. Yeah.
0: And yeah, so. Santa, when you get Andrea an e-bike, if you could get me one as well. I'm like, let's yeah, okay. just say it. All right. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Have you purchased any of your Merry Christmas to me gifts? Well, I, I did accidentally slip and fall into a new bicycle. <laughs> yes, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it's the uh, rule of... Uh, N plus one, right? You, you can always have another bike. So so I actually have the local bike shop building it. And it's going to be, I think that they call it an adventure bike. So it's going to be oh. a combo of uh, gravel and trail and then also pavement. And I'm sure people that have seen me on Ragbri before know that most of my bikes are pink. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting it painted pink. So I'm really <gasps> excited. I know. I won't have it to put under the tree because, you know, it takes a while for that kind of stuff. But I'm pretty, yes. pretty, pretty excited.
1: <laughs> You'll be able to put it under a real live tree in the spring. Yes. And you're
0: biking out underneath them. <laughs> yes. Yes. So,
1: yeah, for exciting. sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, Andrea, we have a pretty good interview uh, with a man named Eugene Schlaman. And I want to tell you a little bit about Eugene. But before that, any reminders we want to throw out to the listeners?
1: Well, I remember Eugene well from reading his book on the pre-ride. <laughs> yes. So I can't wait to hear more. Uh, but all I want to say is, yes, RAGBY registration is open. The route announcement party registration is open. You can find information about both of those things on RAGBY.com. And the only other thing that I would say is Merry Christmas, you filthy animals.
0: Ooh. (laughs) Name that movie. Okay, so listeners, up next you're going to hear an interview with myself and Eugene Schlamann, and it was recorded quite a few months ago. So he's going to talk a lot about uh, this year's Ragbri, the 2021 Ragbri, and the towns associated with it. And the reason he's even getting into these towns is because he's the author of a fabulous book called Iowa Bike Towns. And I was introduced to this book. Because of you, Andrea, when we did pre ride, we did all the Just Go Bike um, daily recaps. You use this book as a great resource. It is a fantastic resource, and just really interesting to
1: flip through and read about all the different communities in Iowa.
0: Yeah, and okay, I'll just give you a little blurb before we get into it. Guess where the largest Cheeto lives? Uh, my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> in your belly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: In, I already ate
0: it in Algona, Iowa. Like oh. I know we have to go. I know you can't disclose the towns yet, but if we're in Algona, we have got to make sure we go visit the biggest Cheeto.
1: hundred percent Cheeto fan club.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then I already, you already know the answer to this one. But what's unique about Riverside, Iowa?
1: Oh, absolutely! Have been to Trekfest multiple times, <laughs> but it's the birthplace of Captain James T. Kirk.
0: Yes, Future it is your birthplace. Yes, the future birthplace, but then they yeah. have, you know, taken it under their wing, and there's a museum and everything there. I think you yeah. and I, you and I went there together on uh, Ragbri a few years ago. So yes, we did. <laughs> but Gene, not only is Gene from Iowa, he's done 14 years of Ragbri, so he literally um, incorporates his adventures doing Ragbri into this book. And the reason that it was founded, uh, well. I won't even tell you, because you're going to hear it in this interview. So, should we hear what Eugene has to say? All right, can't wait. Okay. Okay, well, on the show today, we have Jean Schlaman. Hey, Jean, how are you doing? I am great. Good. Well, when Andrea Parrott and I were on the pre-ride, I don't know if your ears were burning, but we talked about you almost every day when we recorded our pre-ride inspection recap. So we wanted to get you on the show to talk a little bit about why we were talking about you and then for you to tell the listeners about um, the creation that you made.
2: All right, that'd be great.
0: Okay, well, I'm kind of um, making that sound secretive, but really, Gene is on the show because he authored a book called Iowa Bike Towns that Andrea and I used almost daily when we would talk about the various towns that we were going through and um, it was a really, really cool experience. But before we get into that, do you want to tell the listeners where you live now and what cycling is like there?
2: All right. Well, for, first, I live in North Carolina now. But oh, okay. I, I grew up in uh, Hampton, Iowa. I was born in Anamosa, which is one of the stops on this year's ride. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then when I was about age two, we moved to Hampton uh, and... Uh, that's why I graduated from high school and left, and then uh, after the Navy and uh, college, uh, I ended up uh, here in North Carolina. Uh, but I've done Ragbrai for the last uh, fourteen years, yeah. and I'm look- looking forward to doing it again this year.
0: Awesome! So you, uh, you definitely have love of Iowa still.
2: Well, I think it's a great place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if it probably wasn't for family, uh, I'd be I'd be living there. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it seems like every time I, I cross over the Mississippi River, I take a deep breath, and, you know, it does feel like home.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, when you're in North Carolina, how are you getting your uh, training in for Ragbri?
2: Well, I've got a couple of friends that I uh, ride with, and, uh, you know, I uh, there's a couple of uh, events that I do here locally, uh, do that. But, uh, you know, biking is not as good... Uh, in North Carolina, as it is in Iowa, we—they uh, just don't have the, the all the uh, areas to bike paths and uh, and, and uh, groups. And you
0: know, you just think about the way that Iowa is set up, you know, I know it wasn't intended back in the day for a future ragbri, but they're just nice, evenly spaced out and low traffic roads. So I can probably, I've never been to North Carolina, but I'm kind of guessing that it's not set up like the way Iowa is.
2: No, uh, you know, Iowa was set up pretty much in grids, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, North Carolina, uh, I think they took a spaghetti, a bunch of spaghetti, laid it down, and said, that's where your roads are going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I guess whatever works, right?
2: (laughs) That's it. Right. Right.
0: Well, uh, you mentioned that you've been on RAGBRAI 14 times, and you did say you're coming again this year, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Well... Um, let's get into this book. You wrote a book called Iowa Bike Towns, and that includes over 800 towns that have been on the route um, and since RAGBRAI started, which was in 1973. So tell us a little bit about how you went from, you know, maybe a vision or just interest in all the towns in Iowa to actually a finished product.
2: Well, after my first couple of rides, I said, you know, uh, I'm just curious about these towns that, uh, we're going through. And so I would do the research of all the towns and I would, uh, have a, have it all written out. And then the night before that, uh, that day's ride, I would have a group of people that, uh, we'd sat around and I'd tell them about uh, the next town, the stories that happened, uh, how the town got its name. Uh, and, uh, Uh, any other interesting facts that, uh, uh, you know, I thought would be of interest. I did that for several years, and finally my friend started saying, well, Gene, you need to write a book. (laughs) You need to put this in the book. Yeah. So I guess in a way you could say COVID helped me because I had time to do that kind of stuff.
1: Sure. So uh,
2: I put the book together. And, uh, you know, growing up in Iowa, I learned so much about the state that that, uh, I didn't know. Uh, You know, I didn't know that we had over – 70,000 Mormons that went through the state uh, on the way to uh, uh, Utah. Mm. I, I didn't know that we were active in the Underground Railroad. Mm. I didn't know we had coal mining going on in the state uh, and th- those kinds of facts. And I, you know, I found that very interesting.
0: And how did you go about doing your research um, that you mentioned?
2: Well, there, there are s- several ways. Uh, uh, I would contact various... Um, uh, historical societies or county historical societies. Uh, I would uh, do some Internet uh, uh, research and then some other readings that I would find. And, in fact, I even had one of my high school classmates uh, tell me a couple of stories about uh, Iowa that uh, I included in the book.
0: Oh, nice. And then, so, you know, you have your pre-research done on previous RAGBRIs and you talk, ar- you know, talk to your friends about it. Then when you're actually on the ride the next day, did you ever find out new things that became part of the book?
2: Did, did I, oh, yeah. There are a lot of things that I, I saw on the ride yeah. that says, well, you know, I, I need to include that uh, for that particular town. And that, that just really helped make the story uh, more interesting.
0: Awesome. So when did your book actually come out?
2: Uh, it came out in uh, uh, January of this year.
0: Oh, excellent. So here's, here's my vision, is that people will get this book and they will be, you know, get to their tent in the afternoon, maybe read up on the next day for some fun facts, and then duplicate what you did, where they'll go out maybe to grab dinner and tell people, hey, tomorrow, here's some cool facts.
2: Well, I I hope they do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so speaking of cool facts or fun facts, do you want to tell the listeners a few facts? Maybe, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Andrea and I did mention quite a few facts from your book uh, as we were doing the pre-ride inspection recap, but it'd be fun if you have any to kind of share them right on the podcast.
2: Okay, well, I know in the podcast um, that that you shared about the MAR being the uh, ice cream capital of the world, but, you know, Lamar uh, is not the only town where ice cream is important. Mm. In the the town of Ottawa, uh, that's where Eskimo Pie was invented.
0: Oh, really? Uh,
2: In uh, the uh, town of uh, Leonardo Douds, it was the birthplace of the inventor inventor of soft-serve ice cream, Mm. uh, which uh, resulted in the first Dairy Queen being opened. And in the town of Wilton, uh, is the world's oldest ongoing ice cream parlor. So, you know, Iowa has its roots uh, in, in a lot of ice cream.
0: Definitely. We need we need a route just with ice cream stops.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, <I> was, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, and, and it's interesting how the town of Lamar got its name. Um, uh, you know, the uh, uh, towns basically moved to where the railroad was. Uh, And when the town of Lamar uh, was created, uh, well, it hadn't had a name yet, uh, they built a depot. Mm -hmm. And so when the first train stopped at the depot, they had six ladies get off the train, and they took the first letter of these ladies' names, and they came up with the name Lamars. Really? (laughs) And that's also how the town of Delmar got its name, Delmar, Iowa. So, so that that's pretty interesting to to see how that happened. Mm-hmm. Several other other towns, uh, you know, that we're going through <clears throat> is uh, Stack City, uh, which uh, hosts the largest popcorn ball. But we can't forget about Algona, which also homes uh, is home to the largest Cheeto.
0: The largest largest Cheeto.
2: The largest Cheeto. Oh. That's right.
0: Interesting. <laughs> I'd li- I, did get- I got to see the largest popcorn ball, but now I'm going to have to put it on my list to see the largest Cheeto.
2: <laughs> that's right, that's right. You know, in Webster City, the Ringling Brothers uh, Circus stopped there one time, and their strongman got, uh, got into or tried to break up a fight, and he was shot and killed. Mm. And as a result of that, Ringling Brothers said, well, we're never going to return to Webster City. And every day on Memorial Day, flowers mysteriously appeared on the strong man's grave. Mm. And then, then you know, we're going through the town of Blairsburg. Uh, John Isaac Bear, Blair was a railroad executive, and he named a lot of towns after his family members. But he also named the town of Colo after his dog.
0: I do remember that from years past, now that you say that.
2: Right. You know, one one place that you probably find an interesting stop is uh, in Williams, where they have the uh, Hemken collection of vintage cars or convertibles mm-hmm. from 1947 to uh, 1948. Uh, in, 19, excuse me, in 2015, it was also a stop on ragbri and I really enjoyed seeing these old cars,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, his collection. And... Um, also there in Williams there there was uh, there was this wooden wa- water tower that uh, collapsed one day. Oh. And the water rushed across the street and into the home of a 90-year-old man who ended up suffering a broken collarbone from the in- incident. Wow. And of course, Alden is home to the smallest endowed Carnegie library in the United States. Hmm. Now, I don't know how many of you remember that Andrew Carnegie basically gave money for libraries uh, to put libraries in, uh, in many communities. In fact, my hometown of Hampton has a uh, library that uh, he donated money for. In Iowa Falls, uh, and you have the swinging bridge there, which uh, oh, yes. I have many mem- memories of. Uh, it used to be uh, there was a church camp that was uh, connected to one side of that swinging bridge. That camp is no longer there, but uh, I'll just say I had several fond memories on that bridge. Oh, what else can I tell you?
0: I do recall, I don't know if it's in your book or not, but when we went through DeWitt, there is a bar called the Library, but we found out that the building itself was a former Carnegie Library, so that was an interesting fact.
2: Right. You know, Anamosa is interesting, too. You know, they have the, the Wapsa-Pennican River mm-hmm. that uh, runs through the town of Anamosa. And it has it that a Native American maiden uh, and her lover threw themselves off the bluff into the river. Mm. One was named Wapsi, and the other one was named Pinnican.
0: Oh, interesting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's also home of the National Motorcycle Museum. Uh, which uh, has the famed Captain America bike that was featured in the movie Easy Rider. Mm -hmm. And uh, it also has the uh, former Iowa State Penitentiary, uh, where I have several stories in the book about some of the uh, inmates that were there. You know, there was a situation where there was this uh, couple, they kind of had a fondness for each other, but there was a problem. And that was that the fellow was married. Mm. So they set out with a ploy and uh, ended up uh, poisoning that guy's wife, and she died. And the day of her funeral, this couple got married. Oh, Well, they, <laughs> a little quick, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, then, then uh, they, they thought something was suspicious, so they dug up the body, and they found out that uh, she was poisoned, and both of them were sent to prison. And she was so concerned about being buried in the uh, prisoner's cemetery that she did needlework and sold her needlework uh, to uh, make money so that she could have a proper funeral. Wow, Now, I don't know if my grandfather, who was actually a chaplain at that reformatory, knew her, but uh, you know that was one of the stories that was there in that uh, that came out of the uh, penitentiary there.
0: Interesting. And we do ride about a block from the penitentiary, but as you're riding into town, if you look to the left, you can see it, and it's like beautiful old stone.
2: Well, it's called the White Castle.
0: Ah, okay.
2: Yeah. Also, uh, Anamosa, not only being my birthplace, but also the birthplace of Grant Wood, uh, who is probably most famously known for his painting, American Gothic, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think they have uh, a statue there in town uh, of um, of the uh, American Gothic. And believe it or not, it was Grant Wood's sister that posed for uh, that picture to be the, the wife of the farmer.
0: Oh, in interesting! That and that uh, is right on main the main street. Twenty five feet tall that statue is. And they are currently doing a fundraiser to make it a permanent sculpture. So when you're in Animosa, and um, you know buying a dinner or something like that, you may be contributing to keeping that statue in Animosa. Right.
2: Also, just uh, a few miles from Animosa is a place called Stone City, where Grant Wood had one of his uh, art galleries or art schools there.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, I have a painting in my kitchen of stone city the painting that that grant would or a print not the original Mm. Uh, you know there's there's a lot of interesting facts that uh you know clinton was once considered the lumber capital of the world Mm. and that in the 1880s and 90s clinton had 13 millionaires more millionaires per capita than any other town or city In, in the years 1880 and 1890 uh yeah, you know, that that's unusual to have thirteen sure. million. In. You want me to continue with some of the stories in there?
0: I'm very interested. If you have, yeah, a few more minutes. Okay.
2: Sure. Uh, one of the interesting stories is that in Davenport, uh, the the first railroad bridge to cross the Mississippi River was from Davenport into Illinois. And a week after that bridge was completed, steamship company purposely ran into that bridge. Mm. It was hurting their business. Well, the railroad-hardened attorney in that case went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And, of course, the railroad won. The lead attorney on that case was Abraham Lincoln.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: You know, in in Adair, Iowa, was the first railroad robbery of a moving train, and that was Jesse James and his gang. Hmm. And in Dexter, we had the shootout with Bonnie and Clyde. And in Mason City, John Dillinger robbed a bank and you know that was during the depression era when he robbed a bank he not only robbed the bank for the money he took all the foreclosure notes uh this is during the depression and and uh, destroyed them of course there are several bank robberies that take place uh in in the uh, in the book
3: mm-hmm.
2: then, then there's in, in dubuque for example the the day that it rained frogs
0: <laughs> i need to know about this
2: and and what they think happened is that uh, a tornado was over a bog area and sucked up a bunch of frogs and then dumped them there on the streets of Dubuque. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, uh, the town of Ithaca uh, was once named Bakersville. But, uh, you know, the people got really, really upset
3: <clears throat>
2: because uh, Mr. Baker, who the town was named after, uh, was uh, being a little too affectionate with another man's wife, and they didn't want that to be uh, a mark of their city, so they got the name changed uh, to, to Ithaca.
3: Hmm.
2: Uh, another interesting fact, that, uh, and that is uh, in the town of Spillville, that's where Dvorak came and, and spent the summer, and Dvorak, uh, that's where he wrote the New World Symphony. Hmm. But one of the most interesting things is that um, uh, he met with other composers while he was in America, and two of them were George Gershwin and Aaron Copland. And basically he told them that they shouldn't be focusing on trying to duplicate the kind of music that they do in Europe. You ought to capitalize on a lot of the music that was here in the United States. So as a result, we have George Gershwin with Rhapsody in Blue and Porky and Bess, and Aaron Copeland with Appalachian Spring and Rodeo. Those are just a few of the things that each of those wrote. Hmm. But a lot of that is a result of the conversation that Devogiac had with these individuals. Uh, In the book Star Trek, it says that Captain Kirk was born in Iowa.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, Riverside, right?
2: That's right. When Riverside found out, that uh, the book said he was born in Iowa, they called up uh, uh, Roddenberry, the author of the book, and said, do you mind if we claim him?
0: Oh, really?
2: (laughs) And so they said, sure, go ahead. And so they claimed him, and uh, now now they have Star Trek days uh, once a year, and people come there dressed up in their Star Trek outfits, and they have a Star Trek museum, and they show... Uh, movies there, uh, Star Trek movies, uh, once a year. (laughs) One of my favorite stories, and I think this says a lot about Iowa, it happened in the town of Busby. There was this gentleman that uh, had a car accident, and he was stuck in his car for 16 hours. He couldn't get out. He was so badly uh, mangled and broken bones. And after they found him, they... um, told him, well, you better get ready to prepare for a life in a wheelchair. Well, he didn't like that idea, and he thought, well, maybe I'll just kill myself. Mm. But the the townspeople told him, he said, well, I'll tell you what, uh, we'll help take care of your family. You just get better. And so 16 years later, he was able to walk. Mm. And then what he did, he got a cherry picker, and on the side of a building there in busby he painted a mural of a 4th of July parade and in that mural he had pictures of all those people that helped him on his journey mm. so that's
0: that's pretty I cool like it. do you know I, if that still exists
2: i i think it still does oh
0: so. nice interesting
2: a lot of people didn't know that um george washington carver uh was Uh, accepted to a college in kansas but when he showed up they said well you can't go here you're black Mm. so he ended up moving to iowa and he was in winterset and the people there at winterset says you know with your interest in botany and agriculture and all that you need to go to college and so they got him enrolled at uh, simpson college well the folks at simpson college said you know Effectively, you're too smart to be here. (laughs) So he ended up going to Iowa State University in Ames.
3: Mm. And
2: that's where he got his undergraduate, master's, and doctorate degree. And then from there, uh, Booker T. Washington got him to come to the Tuskegee Institute, where he did all of his research after that. Mm. Those are just some of the stories that uh, I have in the book that, uh, you know, I think they're kind of interesting.
0: Oh, great stories.
2: That's right. Yeah. And, uh,
0: yeah. So it's it sounds like I mean you've basically hit almost every community across the state.
2: Well, uh, all the larger communities, uh, Ragbry has uh, been very active in. Right. Uh, it's been a, a lot of fun doing this. You know, you know the book goes on. Uh, yeah. Like I said, there's, there's 850 plus towns. Well, if
0: people are intrigued by this book, which is called Iowa Bike Towns. Is it available for purchase?
2: Yes, it's available on uh, uh, Amazon and also at uh, Barnes & Noble.
0: Oh, excellent.
2: You know, the book is more about towns than it is about bikes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyone traveling through Iowa, you know, they would probably enjoy reading the book. For example, did you know about the Matchstick Museum? No. Yes, someone built a matchstick museum. I can't remember what town it is in now, but... Uh, done one of the uh, Notre Dame. He's done one uh, matchsticks of the uh, United States Capitol. It's 14 feet long, Mm. and it really is something to see. And so, you know, if if, if someone's traveling through the state, Mm -hmm. they can see what towns are going through, and they say, oh, well, we need to stop and see this.
0: Definitely. Well, uh, again, the name of the book is called Iowa Bike Towns, and the author is Eugene Schlaman. Well, Jean, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing some of the stories of Iowa towns and, of course, people who are going on Ragbri. It would be a great book to bring along, um, but also, like you mentioned, just people traveling through Iowa or that actually live here. There are great stories about the towns of Iowa. That there are. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast,
1: or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at
0: gmail.com. You can also follow us on social media at Bike. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have extra time, pop on over to the Morphology podcast for more bike adventure interviews. Okay, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week.
1: Until then, Just just go bike!